Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to episode 32 of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. This episode is for the week of March 29th, 2021. Thanks so much for joining us. I'm Brian Reynolds, Vice President of Marketing for Episcopal Retirement Services, and I'm here with Kristen Davenport, our Director of Communications. Welcome, Kristen. Brian, thanks for uh, getting together today. I uh, always love it when we can uh, get together and talk about uh, our residents and what's happening all around ERS. Yeah, and spring is in the air, although it's it's very cold. It's opening day and it's freezing actually, but uh, we know it'll be 70 degrees in just a few days That's uh, right. as, as it is typical in Cincinnati to see the wild swings. Yeah, it's been nice to see those wildflowers blooming and mm-hmm. things are really starting to pop and um, warmer days ahead. Yeah, I need to get out and mow my lawn. <laughs> so the Linkage podcast is dedicated to educating our audience about issues regarding aging, informing people about the mission of ERS and how that comes to life in our everyday interactions with our residents, clients, families, and staff members. So Kristen, you want to tell us about our upcoming show today? I do, Brian. We've got a really exciting um, episode today. Um, I sat down with Virginia Cox uh, virtually a a little bit ago, and uh, I got to meet Virginia because she's a new um, alternate board member for Dupree House, where she lives in Hyde Park, and uh, she's a very interesting person. She just moved into Dupree about two years ago, and uh, she had a lot of uh, thoughts to share about her experience with finding a place to um, retire And uh, I think she's got some great advice for listeners. I hope everybody enjoys meeting Virginia as much as I did. And then we've got some uh, insight from our president and CEO, Lara Lamb, who always has um, her finger on the pulse of ERS and can give us some great updates. Let's get started with our first first interview. So let's hear from uh, your interview with Virginia Cox. Welcome, Virginia, to our podcast. I'm so glad that you're able to join me today. Well, Kristen, I think it's a real privilege, so thank you. Oh, aren't you sweet? Well, um, I have enjoyed getting to know you over the past few weeks. Um, we worked together on some some things that we're um, going to be publishing in our magazine, and it was a real pleasure to, to meet you and get to know you, and, and I'm excited to... Um, have you uh, talk with our podcast listeners today as well. Um, just tell us a little bit, you know, how is this week going for you so far? It's been great, Kristen. There was an event upstairs in our event room where people who had written books, whether they were serious publications or just memoirs, got together and residents were able to come in and look at the books and discuss what the books were all about, and it was very successful. We had such a good time sharing um, all the things about our own lives. It was a great, uh, a, a real good idea. Oh, wow. You know, that sounds really exciting, and it sounds really normal um, for Dupree yes. Health, and, uh, and, and it's so nice to hear that. It's, it's a real encouragement um, to hear that uh, events like that are able to happen again. Uh, how exciting. Well, it is. And the staff here just does, they're awesome about trying to keep people engaged. 
and um, they're always presenting something interesting. It's it's been quite a, a pleasure. Well, thank you for for lifting up the staff that way. Um, I miss them because I'm working from home right now, and it's always good to hear um, good words about them. And and I know they love hearing those um, encouraging words as well. Um, I know that well, it's you, been tough. Yeah. Yes, it has. It's been, been a tough year for them. Yes. Well, I know um, that you moved to Dupree House about two years ago. Um, Virginia, why don't you share just a little bit with our listeners what that was like for you to make that move or even go back further? What was it like to make that decision? Well, Kristen, I was really fortunate. I have a niece who is, she's very bright. And I asked her how I was going to make these decisions. I looked all over the city trying to figure out where to go and what it was like and how do you find out. And she said, you know what? Why don't you volunteer? I thought, oh, my gosh, that is such good advice. So if a person can volunteer, that's the best way to learn about how a place, an organization, and a community functions. And so I did, and I went to Marjorie P. Lee and volunteered there. Kristen, learning about the staff and their dedication to the people there and the whole experience. I stayed volunteering for five years. And so Mm -hmm. I just thought, this is a great community. So I didn't even look at any other places because this really seemed to fit my needs. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about what were you um, involved with volunteering at Marjorie P. Lee? Well, I usually went in the evenings because a lot of people who volunteer cannot go during dinner time because of having family meals to prepare and all that type of thing. So I would go in the evenings and escort people to events. And it was a win-win because I got to hear lots of wonderful music and speakers and was able to help the residents come and go and got to know the residents and the staff. And it was very pleasurable. Well, I know we are just having a conversation and we can't see each other, but I have the biggest smile on my face right now because Marjorie Peely is definitely, um, I, I don't know, I can't have a favorite because I love all of our communities, but um, I, I know exactly the kind of experiences that you've had there. Um, there's just nothing like um, a room full of eager and excited listeners when something right. like the opera or um, That's Playhouse right. in the Park or one of those um, great um, authors comes to speak. And um, it, it's just a lot of energy and a lot of really um, wonderful feelings. It's something about like having that much wisdom in one room. I don't know. It's just electric. And uh, I'm excited That's right. that you got to experience that. Well, and, and I think an important factor in making a decision about where to live, you have to be sure that you're going to be with people with like interests, and you have a, a place where you may may be familiar with the neighborhood, and I was, and so it just all fit. But Kristen, I had applied at Marjorie P. Lee 
And just as I was putting my application in, they closed applications because they were doing that reconfiguring of all the departments. So I went to a staff member. I said, what am I going to do? And she said, well, apply at Dupree. And that's what I did. Yes. And But Kristen, the thing I, I really tell people that are friends of mine who are still making decisions is it's such an awesome journey because when I decided to leave my house, I was going to go to a condo. And then I thought, well, I'll rent an apartment. Then people were saying, you're going to move twice? You're going to have to move again eventually. I thought, okay. And so doors kept closing. The condos weren't accepting new residents at the time. A rental apartment, somebody signed the lease before I was able to get to the office. And I thought, what is going on? So (laughs) then I made the decision to apply at Dupree. And it was two years of a lot of stress because you have to downsize. You have to go through sale of a house. It's Mm -hmm. very stressful. Yeah, that but it's sure worth did. every minute. I mean, it might be one of the biggest life changes that there is. It's, it is, and it's the best decision I ever made. Oh, I'm so glad to hear you say that. I, I know um, we talked a little bit about you did not grow up in this area, but did you live near Hyde Park? Yes, I lived in a condo in Hyde Park for about six years, so I was familiar with the community and the neighborhood and the roads and the streets. And so I felt like that was really the place I would adjust more quickly mm-hmm. than going out to an area where I was not familiar with anything. Right. Right. Well, very soon, uh, all that will be uh, wide open to you again. Well, I guess it really is now. Um, they've made quite a lot of improvements in the area over this year of covid I don't know if you've gotten to see uh, Wasson Way, but um, that just was transformed, really. And it's, it's a beautiful place to walk and to bike now. And it's just, uh, that, it's lovely how they're just continuing to improve this area. That's right, Kristen. And then the other thing that I think is important for my friends who I've talked to about moving to a community, you have to know when you're ready. If you're, you have to be proactive, you have to start looking and making decisions if you're capable of doing it, because you don't want to get to the point where you have to go somewhere in an emergency and you had no part of making a decision as to where you want to live the rest of your life. That is so true. Uh, And, you know, we do encounter a lot of families who are in just that position that you described where it's come down to a crisis situation. And, and that's right. And, and like you, you just, you know, recommended to our listeners, it, it's, you have more say so if you're um, proactive than react. That's right. That's right. And another thing I learned, Kristen, is you cannot tell somebody that they need to move when they are not ready. I'm not talking about a situation where a family has to look after a loved one. I'm talking about people who are still independent, who have to know when it's ready for them, 
Nobody can say you need to do this now. Right. You only can do this when you know you're ready to move. Mm. That is such good advice, Virginia. I'm really glad that you wanted to come on the podcast today and and talk with me about that. And I really think it'll be um, helpful to our listeners to, to hear that advice from someone who has lived it. Well, I have a couple friends who would call me for about two years and be struggling with the decision. And I said, you will know when you're ready. And one of my friends moved to a community on the west side, and I got a phone call, and this person said, thank you. You're right. I, I, it took me several years before I could really feel comfortable doing this. Yes. Well, that's, um, that's so true. Well, I, I just love your advice, and I hope listeners will uh, uh, listen to your wise words and, 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 and hopefully it'll make an impact on them as well in their journey through these decisions. Well, I hope I didn't sound like a preacher. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you were very, uh, very kind, but very uh, strong in your opinion, which is good. Um, you, you, you know what you think and you're not afraid to say it. And I, I love that. Um, Thank you. Well, the last time you and I had a conversation, you mentioned to me that you grew up in Wheeling, West Virginia. Would you want to share yes. a little bit uh, about um, your, your years growing up there or, and how, you know, what brought you to the Cincinnati area? Well, I actually, from age like six months to nine years of age, Kristen, I moved or I lived in a very tiny town in St. Mary's, West Virginia. Mm. Uh, my mother and I and my brother lived with my grandmother because my father died when I was only six months old. Mm. So my 27-year-old mother had the responsibility to take care of two children. Mm. But then after several years, we moved back to Wheeling, where my mother had lived before my father died. Mm -hmm. And I lived there and went to school um, in a uh, community college outside of Wheeling, West Liberty State College. And I became a dental hygienist. And then I worked in Wheeling for about six years managing an oral surgery clinic. But then my mother was aware that Wheeling wasn't offering me enough for my own interests. Mm. Um, I was getting bored. I needed stimulation. So I started looking around. I went to Pittsburgh. I went to different places in Ohio, different places in West Virginia. And through a cousin who taught here in Cincinnati, um, I learned about the city. And when I explored the possibilities, Cincinnati had everything that I wanted. Mm -hmm. It had symphony orchestra, it had university, it had sports teams, mm -hmm. it, it just had everything that I felt I needed to learn about and experience. So the job opportunities were wonderful here. And so I became um, a Cincinnati resident and I've been here ever since and I love it. That is a wonderful story and I, I feel a lot of kinship with you. Um, many things I think that we experienced are, are similar. And I think a lot of people that have come to live in Cincinnati can relate to that. 
um, that discovery of everything that the Queen City has to offer. It, it really is um, one of a kind and, uh, and I've enjoyed living here and I, I know you have as well. Um, well, I'm so well, it's glad a big little it's a big you. little town. <laughs> yes, that is a great way to describe it. A big little town and, and just has so so much to offer so much. really. That's right. And wonderful people. And then, as as I mentioned before, the people here at Dupree, wonderful people, fun people. It's a great community. I just love it. Well, thank you so much for saying that. I do appreciate it. And I know. Um, that you have a new role at Dupree. You're um, a resident um, board member. Um, And I know you've just started that, but um, will you tell listeners a little bit about, I know last week you got to tour some of our um, affordable living communities. Well, I, yes, you're right. I'm a a newbie uh, on the board, but I am considered an alternate delegate. And I have to represent with the delegate here at Dupree to all the meetings. Mm-hmm. And apparently at Marjorie P. Lee, there is a delegate and an alternate delegate as well. And so um, I'm learning a lot. And one of the most exciting things I did last week was to get to go on a tour uh, to see the manse which is the old hotel in Walnut Hills Mm -hmm. that is being renovated for affordable living. And that was exciting because they're retaining the history of the building. And that building apparently was in the green book. And a lot of the professional athletes came to Cincinnati and stayed there Mm -hmm. when they were here to play baseball and basketball. So it, it, it just brought back so much history and they're going to retain that. And yet they're going to be able to give people the opportunity to live in this beautiful historic hotel. Isn't that exciting? Um, I always love the idea that um, people that may have grown up and and lived their whole lives in a community um, find that there's a really beautiful, supportive community for them to, you know, spend their retirement years and hopefully live out the rest of their lives. And they don't have to leave the neighborhood that they know and love. I, I, I just That's that. exactly right. That's exactly right. That's so important. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got to see the man. So I'm a little jealous because I've, uh, <laughs> I was at the groundbreaking um, and I'm anxiously awaiting for for the grand um, opening to um, be coming around. And hopefully it'll be at a time that we could have a live and in-person event. Um, but we that will remain to see. We, you know, things are going well. The opening up of things as we go slowly is going well. So we'll, we'll just have to see what the timing is like for that. But um, I'm anxious to be able to walk those halls and feel that history and, and see what's new also there. So, That's right. And there are two more buildings that have been built uh, close by. I mean, just within walking distance that are also going to have um, affordable living apartments. Mm -hmm. So there's more than just the one building, the manse. Mm -hmm. There are two more buildings that are very close. They're also going to be under the same kind of um, 
management. So I, I'm excited that they have been able to do that in a neighborhood where you say has been important to people in that community and they can stay there. Absolutely. Well, Virginia, I've enjoyed our conversation so much today. Um, I really appreciate your time and um, I thank you and I can't wait until we see each other again in person sometime soon. Well, you've been very kind, Kristen, and thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Kristen, that was a great interview with Virginia. She was very insightful and thoughtful about her experience at Dupree House and, and, you know, how she made her decisions. And I I really appreciated kind of hearing that from her. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I always love to hear from our residents um, when they have great things to say about her staff. And um, she is just just thrilled with the relationships that she's been um, able to make with not only her neighbors, but also the the staff members at uh, both Dupree and Markets. Real success story there for sure. I guess next up, we've got our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, and I'm looking forward to hearing the latest updates from Laura and Brian. So we're back here on a uh, beautifully sunny but cold spring day, uh, actually opening day, with president and CEO, Laura Lamb. Hi, how are you, Laura? I'm doing well, Brian. How are good. you? I'm, I'm, I'm doing good. I'll be better when it's a little warmer in a few days, but, uh, but doing real well. Good. Yeah, it's cold here in Pleasant Ridge. I just can't, can't believe that it's April 1st and it's this cold. What's, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully in, a, in another day or two, it'll be very warm. You know, it's, it's always something different here in Cincinnati in the spring. For sure, for sure. So I, I, I thought I'd start out, uh, it's been a few weeks since we've touched base and, and the world is really changing very rapidly, uh, you know, over the, the days and weeks, you know, more and more people are getting vaccinated and uh, it seems like the guidelines and, and pol- policies that come from the government are, are changing on a, almost a daily basis. And um, I, I was wondering if you could kind of level set where we're at in terms of you know, residents and, and, you know, with the world opening up to them and visitation and and kind of start there. Yeah, a lot has changed and it will continue to change, um, I believe, as long as more and more people are vaccinated. So that's really the greatest news is that, you know, um, the administration has honored their their commitment um, to get as many vaccinations in arms as possible. And we are really seeing that in Ohio and Kentucky, the, the push, which is so exciting. Yeah. And because of that, um, I think the administration at a, at a local level, at either a state, at, at our state levels has really followed, followed suit. So um, the residents that are vaccinated have different guidelines now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is exciting. So what does that mean? Well, residents in our residential care and in skilled nursing are able to leave our campuses uh, that are fully vaccinated and um, not have to quarantine when they return. So throughout the pandemic, if if residents left 
you know, to, in, to be cautious to others if they left the campus mm-hmm. for a, a wedding or a trip that, you know, they, they want, desperately wanted to be a part of, you know, that was their choice. But the consequence of that, if you will, was needing to quarantine. And mm-hmm. with the newest um, Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, as well as the CDC guidelines, that, that restriction, with some exceptions, has lo- loosened up a bit, quite a bit. You know, they can't obviously be um, in the presence of somebody with COVID or with symptoms, but right. all other things being equal, uh, they are able to, to leave and to come back without having to quarantine in their apartment for 14 days. So that is liberating. Yeah. And I know that's been received so well by oh, the residents. Gosh, it's been incredible. It really has. And, you know, the other thing is um, because the positivity rate, in our surrounding communities is is low. Mm-hmm. Um, we're seeing some really record low uh, that parallel to, to uh, before any of the surges were back down to those levels. Great. And because of that, and the fact that we have such a high uh, vaccinated rate of our residents and our staff, our incident of cases has gone down. And you'll recall that those are the two ingredients, so to speak, that you need to be able to have indoor visits. So um, not indoor in individual apartments yet, but that's, you know, maybe having that soon, which um, gosh, even at Christmas time, I just candidly hoped for this day, but I didn't, I didn't want to, you know, count count our blessings too quickly so yeah. we're here we're here we're at a very positive time and um i think the caveat that we all have those of us that have all of us that have weathered this very very difficult year is we don't want to go back right we don't want to you know we don't want to get so excited about spring break plans that we lose our minds and <laughs> don't do don't do what we know we have to do we have to wear our masks we have to social distance right. even those of us that have been vaccinated and if we do that we we have the the hope that this summer will be very different than last summer that's my hope for sure yeah and just keep asking people that haven't been vaccinated to consider it and to, to, yes. to, to, to go get that done. I know with the numbers, you know, with, with the, the vaccination being eligible for 16 and up, my my wife and my 16 and 19 year olds have all gotten their first shots. And we're hopeful that our younger teenagers will get it, you know, maybe by the summer. So. Yeah, I think it's beautiful. And like yesterday we had an all staff meeting and that was a a, a big theme, wasn't it? That we really just ask people that even among our staff that, you know, were offered and didn't get it for whatever reason they had, mm-hmm. just now that we have more time. And, you know, I think I use the example, I was, I was early in line with my arm out and, you know, we haven't seen, um, you know, negative side effects. Um, we've had a, very mild symptoms and just just pleading with people to please do this uh, so that we can continue to get out of this pandemic and get back to some semblance of normal normalcy. Yeah, and it, it just to underscore what you said earlier, it has been so amazing to see 
how low of incident rates we've had in, in positive cases um, since the vaccinations. It, it's just made a world of dis difference. You know, my, you know my love for data and science and mm -hmm. I've got a line chart, you know? <laughs> it's just, it's amazing when you line yeah. up that date and, you know, it's so much fun to see that we have a solution. We have, what did Beverly Edwards say? You know, we, this is the day on the day that they had their first vac vaccination clinic on mm -hmm. December 23rd yeah. last year. She said, today is the day we have a tool to fight back. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, and I know you, you, you love data, but you love good stories too. <laughs> and, and on, on the flip side of that, you know, really celebrating our, our residents and all that they've been through has been a, a point of focus. And I wonder if you could kind of talk about um, some of the recognition that we did this last week for our, our residents at our communities. And then I, I think you have a really nice story about a resident at Marjorie Peely that you, you recently told that I'd love you to tell our listeners. Oh, I'd love to. Well, first of all, um, one of our staff members suggested that maybe um, now was the time to change our signs out front. So yeah. your team was really helpful. So one of our staff members that works in the transportation department asked us to consider when we refreshed the signage to consider a, a new tagline. And, it, and our old tagline in front of our buildings was heroes work here. And mm -hmm. We do, we have heroes that work in all of our communities, but his point was, I think just spot on. And it was, you know, heroes live here. It's our residents that have mm -hmm. you know, bared the brunt um, on any metric, any, every, any measuring stick of the pandemic and the, 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 the restrictions and the globally, the loss of life for elders and Mm -hmm. just so sad so our signs now say heroes live here which i just think is awesome so yeah. thank you for that brian and your team that was fun um, it was a great idea yeah it's fun to be able to take those ideas um, all the way to completion and then related to that um because we do have you know residents that have missed important milestones in their family um, the story that you mentioned was a story from a resident that lives in our skilled nursing area at Marjorie P. Lee, and she had a really important milestone that happened just at the right time. You know, if this had happened in December, yeah. the situation would have been so differently. So, you know, we have a resident, she's fully vaccinated, you know, um, her, mo the majority of her family members are fully vaccinated. And it's her granddaughter's wedding. And so we have this picture of her just dressed up. What did I say the caption would be? It was like all dressed up and somewhere to go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, um, so she was able to attend her granddaughter's wedding and, and safely and without having to quarantine when she returned. And we were able to work with the family and have all the, the safety protocols of distance and masks. And the bottom line is she got, she was able to experience a milestone in her family and, and just enjoyed it. And if, oh, I wish your listeners could see the picture. Yeah. She was so excited and beautiful and ready to, to party with her family. <laughs> right. Yeah. She looked so was proud. Great. So proud. It was a great picture. Yeah, it, it, it was. And, and, you know, I would be remiss to, to say that that 
doesn't happen without our staff, right? Yeah. You know, just managing the logistics and Brian, she was in a gown, you know, it wasn't like she was in her, you know, Saturday, you know, leisure, yeah. you know, she was in a gown and her hair was done and her makeup was mm-hmm. done. And, and that happened because of the Marjorie Lee staff. They yeah. just wanted that day to be special for her and her family and they made it happen. And I'm so thankful and proud of the staff. And I recognize that that's just one story that happens yeah. at all of our communities, right? That we yeah. have such a staff with a heart to make sure that our, our residents are loved and cared for. Yeah, they, they, they have been absolutely amazing over the last year from every community, every service, uh, even the support. It, it, it's just been amazing to watch over a difficult time. You know, to that end, Brian, you could put me on the spot and I could tell a story about every one of our campuses, couldn't we? All yeah, of us. yeah. And that's just, that's such a blessing. We're so fortunate. Absolutely. Well, transitioning, uh, you know, we, we've been fortunate enough to uh, report throughout the year uh, a lot of progress on our, our strategic work, even among a pandemic. And again, as progress marches on, uh, the work down at Episcopal Church Home has, has been impressive. And they've come up on some pretty big milestones. And I was hoping you could share with our listeners um, some of the the changes and movement that's been happening down there. Oh, I'd love to. So um, the master plan for Episcopal Church Home is, um, you know, very important to Episcopal Church Home's um, success, as well as our organization. It's our number one strategy, our number one goal. And boy, to be able to say to the board and to our staff and to your listeners that we've reached milestones amidst a global pandemic, just, I just have to pause and say, wow, you know? Um, But to your point, um, we were able to convert one part of our building, uh, our Morton house, um, half of it has been licensed now as skilled nursing. Mm -hmm. And that was really the first domino, if you will, to, to, um, you know, convert that building so that we could start the movement of other aspects of the master plan. So we've reached that milestone at the end of the year. We received our licensure in February and our residents have just recently moved into their new home. So for some of the residents, it's going to be their long-term home for others. It's a temporary home until their new household is built. Mm -hmm. But I have to tell you universally across the board, Mm-hmm. The residents, first of all, love their new environment. Yeah, and they're just they're just basking in this new, functionally um, up to date space that they can really just mm-hmm. enjoy. So it's not only beautiful, but it's functional, and that's just really exciting, right? That you need both parts to be successful, and we have them. So um, that tees us up for uh, demolishing the 1970 nursing home um, here coming up in April. Mm-hmm. Related to that, the new dining venue is mm-hmm. going to be opened, it, you know, probably by the end of April is what we're working towards. Yeah. Um, our model patio homes are well underway and will be completed in the next month or so. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's a really 
exciting time for ECH. Um, and you can feel that. You can feel that among the staff and, and the re residents of their of their new household. So it, it's yeah. a well, and just, just to underscore, I, I had the opportunity to see it a couple of weeks ago myself and just that intimate you know look uh and feel of the 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 new healthcare neighborhoods is, is such a a change from uh, what we've had uh, down there in louisville and and i think to your point the residents are really enjoying that 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 intimacy and 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 that great design of those little those little neighborhoods yeah it it really turned out beautifully it really did Oh, great. Well, Laura, thanks so much for, for joining us again this week. There's certainly some good good updates and, uh, and positive, especially as we move into spring. So we'll look forward to catching up in a few weeks again. Thanks, Brian. Brian, it was encouraging to hear from Laura um, as the CDC begins to lift some restrictions and to hear that our staff is really helping residents get um, out of the communities to be with their families and do some things that they've been longing to do. Yeah, it's, you know, as the world opens up and more people get vaccinated, it, it certainly there's more opportunities for our residents to, to get out and, and, and really enjoy life again. So, you know, hopefully the vaccines will continue to do their job and, and more and more people get vaccinated and, and that'll make a difference and we can take more steps to kind of open up and and gather again. So that 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 was really good. And then of course all the the great progress that's happening at ECH uh, is been so fun to see and and uh, we really look forward to, to reporting on on more progress as the months go by. Absolutely. I'm excited to get back down to Louisville and um, see that progress for myself. And of course, I've always got it on my mind to take some photos and take some videos so that we can get that shared out on our social media channels. Yeah, yeah. There's, I think, a lot, a lot of new things to see. And the residents seem to be really excited about it and the staff, actually. So, well, uh, once again, I want to thank everyone for joining us for this latest episode of the Linkage Podcast by Episcopal Retirement Services. For more information about us, you can visit our website at episcopalretirement.com. We have lots of great content, including our Linkage online blog, resources to learn more about aging and the services that we offer, and so much more. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and YouTube to see what's going on within ERS and our communities. If you have any questions or feedback for us, please feel free to email us at info at erslife.org. The Linkage Podcast is produced by Kristen Davenport and Brian Reynolds. Yasha Davis is our associate producer, and our technical director is Michelle Hain. I'd like to thank our guests today, Virginia Cox, and of course, a, a special thank you to our president and CEO, Laura Lamb, for always joining us and giving her updates. On behalf of myself, Brian Reynolds, and Kristen Davenport, thank you so much for joining us. And we look forward to our podcast next week. Thanks so much, Kristen. Hey, thank you, Brian. Looking forward to our next conversation. <laughs>